Thanks for listening to the Tower Hill Church Podcast. Our prayer is that today's message will challenge and inspire you to pursue Jesus and to love people to life. We're going to be talking about this morning seeing the miraculous. Seeing the miraculous. I remember when I was, um, I was probably in my early teens at, at this point, and, and I was, you know, my dad still pastors a church uh, in very rural New Jersey. When I say I'm from New Jersey, everybody's like, oh, I'm so sorry. And, um, but they have no idea, like, where I'm from in New Jersey. It's called Garden State for a reason. And so I'm from the Garden State portion of New Jersey where, you know, where the church is, there's probably 200 or so thousand acres um, of soybeans and cornfields surrounding. So it was a small rural church, and I, I remember it was a Sunday night um, prayer meeting or Monday night prayer meeting. I forget the night in particular, but we were gathered together. It was about 10 to 12 people. We were downstairs in the fellowship hall, and this was my first it was the, the first encounter that I'd ever had uh, seeing a healing. And, and, and I'll say this. It's the first encounter that I had seeing a healing that was close to home. Okay, I, I grew up in the church. Um, my dad obviously was in, in ministry, still is. And, and so I always grew up in services. I, I was like the little like, pastor's kid that was laying on the pews. And it was like 9.30, 10 o'clock in the evening. And they were having services on a Sunday night. And I was just kind of there. And so I'd seen God move in those services. But this, this was the first time that it was so close to home. My dad was uh, running, chasing our dog. And uh, I don't know why. It was in the backyard. But he was chasing it regardless. And I remember he slipped. And he, he messed up his shoulder. He tore just a ton of stuff in his shoulder. And it was in a lot of pain. We knew he was in a lot of pain. He informed us every day of how much pain he was in. And uh, so we all kind of like got to the point where, yeah, how many have heard of a man cold? Everybody familiar with a man cold? It's, trust me, ladies, it's like 90 times worse than a female cold. Just trust us. And so this is kind of how we're feeling about my, my, like all my brothers and stuff at this point where my dad dad, stop complaining. Like, just, just go to the hospital, get it taken care of, whatever. But, uh, you know, he was, he was in a lot of pain. And I remember being in that uh, prayer meeting, and one of the ladies said, you know, Pastor, we're going to pray for you. And so he came into the center, and, and we started praying. And all of a sudden, you know, I'm kind of like peeking, like eyes open, like praying. And I'm like kind of looking around because I was like 13. And, uh, and all of a sudden, I see my dad just starting to do this. You know, he's moving his, his shoulder a little bit. And then he's like, he starts to kind of move it a little higher. Um, and at, at, the, at that point, he's like in tears, and he's just like moving his arm like this. And, and, um, and for me, it was like the first time that I got hit, like where I saw like, man, I know for a fact he was not faking. I know for a fact, because your brain kind of tends to do that. As a kid, you're like kind of figuring out this whole Christianity thing. You're in there, you've been in it. And, and so sometimes you're like, was that guy really sick? Like, what? And, and this was the first time that God showed me, hey, I'm real. And everything that you've been reading is real. And it, and it struck me so hard that I remember that that is what helped me in high school and through college to have a boldness in my faith because I would tell people but you don't understand I saw my dad healed in front of my eyes and I know it for a fact that God is real seeing the miraculous is an important part of being 
a believer in Christ Jesus. It is an important part of seeing, we're, we're supposed to be seeing miraculous things. When you look at why that's so important, Jesus actually commanded it. When he, when he sent out his disciples in Matthew 10, he said to, to go declare the good news of the kingdom of God. And he said, heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the lepers, cast out demons. Freely you have received, freely you give. We often use that in terms of finances, but, but Jesus is saying, freely you have received the power from heaven, freely you give. Mark 16, 20, and this goes in line with what I just said, is I believe it's so important because Mark 16, 20 says that the apostles went out, they preached the gospel, and then the Lord confirmed the gospel message through signs and wonders. That God has given us the miraculous to confirm the person of Jesus Christ to this lost world. That God has given us the miraculous so that we can leave this church, this building, and see people have that light bulb moment like I had when I was 13. To see something happen in front of your eyes that makes you either it confirms your belief in Christ, or if you're not quite there, I remember seeing a video of a, of a staunch atheist. Uh, he was speaking with this group of kids, maybe in their like 16, 17, um, and these young kids were out and they were just praying for people. They were looking for opportunities and they hit this really staunched atheist and he was just very rude, very vulgar, very in their face. And uh, so they started talking and and they asked, well, is there anything, you know, do you have anything wrong in your body? And he's like, no, I'm fine, absolutely fine. And, and they're like, there's nothing, like, you know, your knee doesn't hurt or anything like that. And he's like, fine, I don't know how you knew that, but yes, my knee hurts. And he's like, I, I tore, uh, you know, blah, blah, blah. So he, he goes through the story, and they said, well, why don't we pray for you? He's like, you're not touching me. You're not putting your hands on me. You're not praying for me. And they said, well, look, why don't we do this? We'll pray for you. And it will prove that you're right. And he said, okay. All right, that's fine. Yeah, go ahead, pray. So they prayed for him. And all of a sudden, God began to touch his knee. And he began to feel it. And you saw, you saw the wheels beginning to turn. You saw... Everything that I had constructed, the worldviews, the things that I decided about God, at that very moment, it began to call into question everything that he built worldview-wise in his life to say, I might be wrong. Maybe Jesus is who he says he is. So the miraculous is such an important part of our lives. And so if you have your Bibles, turn to the book of Mark chapter 6. God, I believe, reveals through the person of Jesus and through this story, we're going to talk about seven principles, if we can, this morning, about how we can see the miraculous. This is by no means an exhaustive list. There's not like only seven things that we, that we can see, and, and nor is this a formula in any sense, but I think that we can learn some things from this passage about seeing the miraculous in our life. This... Uh, this miracle is in all four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Uh, usually they say if, a, if a, an account is, is mentioned twice, it's important. 
If it's mentioned three times, it's very important. Pay attention. This is the only miracle that is seen in all four Gospels. So I believe that the Lord was, uh, you know, through the power of the Holy Spirit communicating through the writers, this, was in a very, this is a very important message that needs to be communicated to us. And I think for us this morning, I look at the church and what God desires to do in the church and what I've felt in my spirit personally, what God is desiring to do in the church as a whole. I believe God is trying to raise up an army, not of attendees, but an army of soldiers, of warriors, people that are unashamed of the gospel, people filled with the power of the Holy Spirit to go and take the message of Jesus Christ into our world, to heal the sick, to cast out demons, to see the dead raised. This is what Jesus commanded us to do. So we see here in this text, and we're going to jump right in. Mark 6, 31, Jesus said, Let's go off by ourselves to a quiet place and rest a while. He said this because there were so many people coming and going that Jesus and his apostles didn't even have time to eat. Leading up to this, we, we learn in Mark that the, the disciples had just gone out. They had just had a ministry tour of their own where Jesus sent them out and they saw miracles, they saw healings, they preached the gospel and, and many came to the Lord and now they're returning to Jesus. They told him everything that happened, and that's when he said, let's go off by ourselves to a quiet place. We also learn from Matthew's gospel in chapter 14, this same account, that Jesus had just learned of the passing of John the Baptist. So imagine where Jesus is at right now, where the apostles are at. Uh, they're in an emotionally... I think a traumatic time, but also in a time where they need to unplug and, and, and to, to rest. And so I, I want to start first and foremost with this. Jesus says, let's go away, but we see here that the miraculous is a result of us seeking Jesus. When they left, it says this, so the boat, so they left by boat for a quiet place where they could be alone, but many people recognized them and saw them leaving, and people from many towns ran ahead along the shore and got there ahead of them. I did, I, you know, I looked it up because I'm like, man, how big, you know, is the Sea of Galilee? It's eight miles wide. So imagine, you know, I, I always learned that the fastest, um, point or the fastest way to get from A to, to B is a straight line. So not only that, a straight line by boat, I imagine would be pretty quick. So let's paint a picture here of these individuals who, had, who saw them leaving on the boat on the, on the west side of the Sea of Galilee. They're going across to the far side, the east side of the Sea of Galilee. They 
booked it. I mean, they had to. I mean, how are you going to beat a boat across? Like, so I want you to see the passion that these people had to pursue after Jesus. That they're not just like, oh, guys, let's go. Come on, this would be a great activity for the afternoon. Like, no, they said, there he goes. They're going to the other side. We're going to the other side. Pick up the kids. Let's run. And, you know, they're, they're off. They're running. And I think this is such an important piece to the miraculous because I know for a fact that there's three types of people in this crowd. The Bible clearly tells us that there's the type of people who are just looking for a miracle, looking to see a sign, another sign. I think there were probably those who were just following the pack. Wow, there's a bunch of people running over there. I think maybe I'll just follow them, see see what that's all about. But I, I do sincerely believe that there was a crowd that was pursuing knowing Jesus. Knowing what Jesus was teaching. Knowing his word, connecting with the heart of Jesus. And the core at the beginning of the miraculous, if you want to see God move miraculously in your life, you need to recognize from the very beginning that you must always and will always pursue after the person of Jesus Christ. That if you pursue after miracles that you have forgotten the value of of Jesus Christ. I, I shared an example of a tree that bears fruit. With, uh, with our young adults about a, a year or so ago and, and how we often chase fruit. We chase product. We chase a result instead of tending to the thing that actually produces that result. That miracles, if we just seek miracles, then we're seeking something that is false. We're seeking something that is not genuine. But if we seek Jesus... He is the the tree, if you will, that produces a byproduct of fruit that is the miraculous. That if you don't have a healthy relationship, if you don't have communion with the Father, if you don't know Jesus, then you're not going to see the miraculous. Because the miraculous is just simply a byproduct of us knowing Him. What does the Bible say? That there are going to be people that come before the Father and they say, Lord, we prophesied in your name. We cast out demons and we, we healed the sick in your name. And what will, what will the father say? He'll say, away from me. I never knew you. Knowing the heart of the father, knowing the Lord, the miraculous is a result of seeking Jesus. You know, maybe you're here and you've never, you've never had that type of encounter. You've never seen the miraculous before and you've heard about it you've heard that God is a miracle working God people have said those types of you've heard about other people encountering it can I tell you don't seek miracles seek Jesus Jesus as you seek after him you'll begin to see those things happen. As you begin to catch his heart for people, as you begin to catch his heartbeat for your life, that as you get in line with him, those things follow. Miracles are a result of seeking Jesus. Number two, the miraculous is driven by compassion. 
Jesus saw the huge crowd as he stepped from the boat and he had compassion on them because they were like sheep without a shepherd. Imagine being the disciples. You're told we're going to go rest a while, some quiet time. And then they show up and there's thousands of people just waiting. And Jesus has compassion on them and says, I'm going to start teaching. And they're like, awesome, awesome, great. And, and, and I, we know if you look in verse 52 of Mark chapter 6, uh, this is a while afterwards, but it refers back and it says that during this whole miracle, the disciples' hearts were hardened. They didn't understand because their hearts were hardened throughout this entire miracle. Really, really a, a strong statement. And, um, and so you know that they're coming and they're not enjoying being there. They're not enjoying the compassionate Jesus sitting down and, and, and having a conversation with them. But one of the things that I love about this is Jesus takes the time to minister, even though he's weary emotionally, even though he's weary, he hasn't eaten, that he takes the time and he puts these people that are hungry before himself, spiritually hungry before himself. Luke 9, verse 11, it says that the crowds learned about it. They learned about him crossing over and they followed him and he welcomed them and he spoke to them about the kingdom and he healed those who needed healing. You know, what? a powerful thing that we have to recognize in order to see the miraculous and to have opportunities to do so is our compassion for people has to be greater than our desire for ourselves. The miraculous, God uses miracles to confirm the truth about Jesus, to confirm his word, not only to us, but to the lost. If we don't have compassion for the lost, if we don't have a heart for the lost, then how are we gonna connect with the Father? Because that's his heart. John three sixteen says, God loved the world so much that he gave his only son. That love of the Father is what compelled him to give his son. That God's heart is people. And if your heart isn't people this morning, then your heart needs to conform to the heart of God. That you need to encounter him in a deeper way. You need to seek Jesus in a deeper way so that your heart is led to a place where it is broken over the lost. Number three, the miraculous follows God's word. We've said it already, Mark 16, 20, right? That signs and wonders follow the word of God. And we see it here in the passage that Jesus saw this huge crowd, stepped out of the boat, he had compassion on them because they were like sheep without a shepherd. And then he began teaching them many things. We just read Luke 9 that he started teaching them the word of God and then he healed their sick. That imagine this before, for those that don't know the story of the feeding of the 5,000, Jesus will take five loaves of bread and two fish and he will multiply it and he will feed more than 5,000 people. There's 5,000 men, but that wasn't including the, the women and the children. So through this miraculous act, he's gonna feed thousands and thousands of people with five loaves and two fish. When we look at this, I think it's a very important lesson that we can learn is God's word produces miracles. 
Even if you haven't seen it yet, even if you don't believe it yet, God's word produces miracles. And before he even multiplies the five loaves and two fish, just from teaching, declaring about the gospel and the kingdom of God, that there were people being healed. If you want to see God begin to move in your life to use you in the miraculous, if you want to see things change in your life to change in your family, in your workplace, if there are things that you need a miracle in your life, begin to get into the word of God and begin to speak the word of God over your life. Because when you speak the word of God, I'm talking when you talk to a situation and you tell a situation what your word says, it begins to get your heart in a place and a faith in, in, in a place inside of you where you begin to declare the truth of the gospel, what the Bible says and not what you see with your eyes. Because sometimes what you see with your eyes needs to start lining up with what the Word of God says. And if we don't have the faith inside of us to begin declaring it, if we don't have the knowledge enough of what the Word says to start speaking to those situations, then sometimes we will stay in the middle of a situation that God has provision for, that God has an answer for. The miraculous follows God's Word. And here we see our first obstacle in the story of, of seeing the miraculous. Selfishness can cause us to miss the miracle. Look at this. It's crazy. It says, by this time, it was late in the day, and his disciples came to him. And they said, this is a remote place. It's already very late. Jesus, you've, um, it's like, service is running a little long today. I'm just saying. It's like already like 15, 20 past when we usually get done. I mean, can you send these people away? Send them away so that they can go to surrounding countryside and villages and they can get food for themselves. You know, I, t I told you Mark six fifty two right? The, the hearts were hardened at this point. And what I see here is I see the disciples saying these people are not our problem. These people are not our problem. Go send them away somewhere else. Let somebody else take care of this. And, and if I can just say this, in my personal life, I think the times that I've seen the miraculous happen is, is in those moments where you, you, you lay down self and you say yes to what Jesus desires for you to do. I remember a time uh, when I oversaw the benevolence here at the church, which is basically, if you don't know, our church sets aside money um, monthly to help random people who are in difficult situations. Because we will, we will receive phone calls at times of people who are in very broken situations. Most of them are not believers, and they call, and they need help with something. And it gives us a, a chance to share the gospel. And so I remember uh, one day I was in the office, you know, and it always seems to be the day that you're like, Lord, I've got really important things to be doing right now. And, and you get the phone call, and it's like, hey, there's a lady here. She's going through some, you know, some, some tough times, and she just needs to you know, talk with you and see if she can get some support. And I, I'm not even going to kid you. I, that day, I was, I was like, man, it'd be so easy if I just picked up the phone and said, listened to her and said, I'm so sorry right now. You know what? I, I just, uh, we're not going to be able to help you at this time. And, uh, you know, here's a few other numbers that you can call, and hopefully they'll be able to help you. And 
And I, I, at that moment, you know, the, the Holy Spirit just kind of slaps you in the back of the head. You're like, come on, dude. So I said, okay. <laughs> hi, hi, how's it going? So we ch- chatted. She came in, and um, when she walked through the door, she was limping very badly. So I just said, is everything okay? Is everything all right? And she says, yes, yes, it's fine. I just have a bone spur in my foot, and, and you know, it's just very painful right now. And it just does, doesn't happen all the time, but immediately I felt the Lord say, I'm going to heal her, but you need to preach the gospel to her first. And so I said, okay. So we went and sat down, and, and um, as we were just chatting, I just started sharing the gospel. Jesus died for you. You're in a situation that you're in right now because you've made choices that are, that are sinful choices and that God desires to redeem you from. Let's just share the gospel with her. And I said, I felt in my heart when we first came here that the Lord is gonna touch your foot. And so I'm gonna pray for you and God's gonna heal you. But I want you to know that when he heals you, he's showing you right now that this gospel message that I just told you, the truth about Jesus, that that is why he's confirming to you, Mark 16, 20, he's confirming to you that he is for you, that he has a plan for you, that he died for your sin. So, so I shared with her, we prayed, and, and you know her response to her healing was amazing, and, and, and you saw that light go off like in her eyes, where it just got real. And I could have I missed that opportunity by just saying, so, uh, sorry, you know, I, I don't think we're going to be able to help you at this moment in time. And there will be times that God is going to call you to lay down your selfishness, to lay down your desires in exchange for his, so that he will lead you to a place where you can see him move for his glory, for his honor. 